Hey, what's up? It's Jared. I wanted to give you seven ways to be more self-disciplined. These are things that I've kind of figured out because I've had to go down this process multiple times myself. I've been working on becoming more self-disciplined because for me, I was not really raised to be very self-disciplined and not that it was really any individual person's fault. You know, everybody's parent does the best that they can with the information that they have and also with the circumstances. And so I feel like I had a great childhood. I had a pretty good childhood. But with that, I wasn't very self-disciplined coming out of it. Now, um, because of that, I did have some good examples, though, of some different aspects of self-discipline. Just that my childhood, especially my teen years, were kind of choose your own adventure. I've had a job of some sort since I was like 10 years old. And so I've always had a little bit of my own spending money, which has given me a little bit of freedom to kind of go and do things. And, you know, when I was 10, it was like, go buy a soda from the store or whatever. As I got further into my teen years, it gave me a lot of freedom to be able to go and do whatever I wanted. And so uh, the self-discipline got a little tricky there because I had that freedom. I didn't have anybody really to reel me in uh, and to kind of guide me through what I should be doing. And so going into my 20s and into my 30s, I definitely struggled a lot with that and while I probably should have gotten a handle on this a lot sooner, and I've been in business full-time for almost 20 full years for myself, I have been figuring out ways that I could become more self-disciplined because I can't just spend all day working on something and, and that could have been done a lot sooner. Uh, a lot of times I want to spend extra time with my family, and when I don't get to spend that extra time with my family because I couldn't get a project knocked out as fast as I should have, I get frustrated. And so I've been working on becoming more self-disciplined so that I can not only take better care of myself and my clients, but also the people that are in my life. So my mother went back to school in my teen years to get her teaching credential so that she could provide for us. She was a single mother at that point. She had three boys who definitely didn't make life very cheap on her. And uh, so I saw some self-discipline uh, come through her because she had to do that in a very difficult time. And so I saw that, uh, and that was a good example for me. My grandmother was another good example as a successful businesswoman in commercial real estate in the 70s, 80s, and 90s. Uh, I got to see firsthand when I was a kid uh, in the later 80s and early 90s, her and what she was achieving in commercial real estate, uh, definitely in a male-dominated type of business. And so I got to see her and her work-hard ability. I guess you could say, or her just determination to work hard. And she expected me to work hard as well when I would go out there to their house and help her with gardening and stuff like that, or do chores out there that she would pay me for. I would have to work really hard to get those done. It was not an easy thing. And so I got the ability to work hard from her, and I'm not afraid to work hard, but without that self-discipline, you can work really hard on things and not really get too far. And that's uh, you know, definitely an aspect that I didn't get from there. I remember being forced to finish things like piano lessons. I took piano lessons for a year. I was forced to finish that for a year, but I definitely wasn't like finishing well wasn't reinforced. It was just like finishing. And so uh, finishing well, I think, is really important. It requires the self-discipline that I didn't have. 
uh, growing up and well into my adult years, I was the king of excuses. I would come up with excuses for everything, and I would surround myself with people that were also good at making excuses and that would also uh, be cool with my excuses. They didn't call me out on anything. They didn't tell me, they didn't look at, or maybe even want to get to know me well enough to know that I was blowing smoke and that I needed to be held accountable on something. I just didn't allow for those types of relationships. And uh, so now I'm working on that and trying to get better in that aspect. So it was not until later years where I started really tracking and logging things and understanding what was going on in my life by looking at more than just the current day, but actually looking at my patterns that I was able to really kind of figure out where I needed to make adjustments. And that's where I'm going to get these uh, seven things from. You know, you have to determine what is motivating you in order to become self-disciplined. And you have to tell yourself, I want to become more self-disciplined because, and then you have to answer that question. You have to answer that because if you don't know why you want to be more self-disciplined, if you don't have a purpose, then there's really no reason. Uh, I know that my reasons are for my family so that I can spend more time with them. I traveled a lot this summer with my family full time for two months, and it took a lot of self-discipline to get my business to the point where I could actually do that without totally losing it for my family. Um, it took some self-discipline, and if it was me five years ago, totally wouldn't have been able to pull that off. And so a lot of things had to change, and I had to get better and adjust in a lot of different ways so that I could be more effective. And in order to be more effective, you have to be more self-disciplined. So make sure that you figure out why you want to become more self-disciplined. Uh, remember that becoming more self-disciplined, it's really a mental game. It is a thing that you have to really get control over your mind with because sticking to anything is a mental game. We can be hard workers and go do hard work and we can work all day and then wonder what we got accomplished at the end of the day. Uh, it's not that hard to, to stay busy and be busy. It's really hard to be effective and that requires self-discipline and that very much is a mental game. We're going to talk a lot about building resilience with these seven steps. So the first thing that I did is I started to track everything. Now this started out with tracking things just in Evernote and I started trying some different journaling methods, but you're gonna wanna track everything and journaling, these types of guided journals sometimes don't get you there. They're really neat. I tried bullet journaling, I tried the five minute journal, I tried like three or four other journals, the full focus planner. I tried so many of them and they just weren't beneficial to me because I couldn't I couldn't utilize them. I didn't want to carry around a journal with me all day. I didn't want to have to open up the journal and write. I wanted to be able to tap something in really quick. I wanted quick access to that information. And then I also didn't want to spend a bunch of time reconfiguring that data every month or every week or every time I needed to get to a new journal because the last one was full. I am more of a data-driven person. I wanted to be able to see my data kind of in real time and figure out exactly where I was I was moving forward and maybe where I was moving backward. And uh, by tracking everything, I've been able to do that. My daily log is something that's come of that. My daily log is a series of things that I fill out every single day and that I check in with multiple times per day. So everything is in my daily log from the tasks that I'm going to achieve that day to meetings and appointments that I might have. I start out by listing my intentions for the day, like what are going to be my main focuses. Um, you know, I put in a couple things that I'm grateful for just to force me to think about 
things in my life that are good because it's really easy to go to the bad and focus on what's wrong. Um, I throw a couple of photos in there because I can do that from my phone. So maybe I captured a, a selfie of my son, one of my kids and I, and I'll just throw that in there really quick just to kind of give it a little bit of a visual. And so there's a lot that I do with that daily log and it has changed a lot over the last year and a half that I've been full-time daily logging. And so if you want access to my template, there's a link in the description. You just go to jared.link slash daily log and you can get access to it. It's constantly changing, so you might want to come back to it from time to time. And I'm definitely going to do a full video on my daily log because I've had hundreds of people download it since I did my Notion video, which I think is the video before this one. And uh, so I, I, I'm going to be updating that because people have, for some reason, been enjoying my daily log. And I put a lot of time and effort into it, so I, I do appreciate that. So the second thing is to create goals and stretch goals. Now, the reason that I create goals and stretch goals is because goals are easily achievable if you set them reasonable. If you don't set reasonable goals, then you don't meet your goals and you get frustrated and then you stop making goals. I got to that point in my life where I stopped making goals and it was a real bummer. And so when I set goals that are achievable and then I set stretch goals so that that way if I get the goal done and I have some more time or some more energy, I can stretch a little bit further. And this is something that I gleaned from Kickstarter projects. Kickstarter projects set like a funding goal that's that's something they can achieve. And then as they reach these goals, there's encouragement to get to them because new features are added. And so these stretch goals are really cool because not only does it get the, the company more funding for their products, but it gets the users more features. And so I utilize that in my own life by setting goals that I can achieve that are things that are not going to overwhelm me. And then I set stretch goals so that I can take something that is an achievement, which is good, and make it better if I have additional time or energy. And so that way my goals don't end up being too big. Now, in order to keep working at your goals, it's good to start the habit before you actually start working on the goal. To start working on the goal, you need to figure out what that's going to take. Maybe it's making a list. Maybe it's figuring out and doing some research. These are all things that you have to do to get the goal moving. But if you get in the practice of actually working on that goal before you start hashing out all the details of the goal, then that is one step forward because you've already set the intention to start working on it. So I use some like habit tracking apps. I've been trying to find the best one. I'll link to a couple of them down below and I'll probably do one on these habit tracking apps because I found it really interesting to go and say, okay, I'm gonna work on this once a day uh, every day for a week. Maybe it's not gonna be all day, but I wanna work on this once a day every day for a week. And when I put it in that app, it's something that I can check off that at least I worked on it. I don't want that to get lost in my tasks to do, my to-do lists, my checklists or whatever. I want that to be separate. So I get a reminder on my phone. It's one of the few things that actually will come as a reminder on my phone. And I can check that off every single day as something that I did. And so the simplicity of a habit tracking app helps me stay motivated to get in and work on that project because I don't want to break that streak. I want to make sure that I reach my goal of actually working on my goals. Sounds kind of funny, 
but it actually does work for me. Also, don't be afraid to go backwards if you need to, and don't be frustrated when you do have to go in reverse sometimes. Taking a step back sometimes gets you better footing so that you can continue to move forward. Nothing is worse than getting so far down the road that if you need to step back and actually do something again, it's frustrating and it unravels everything that you've already done. So I don't get so frustrated these days if I have to take a step back. I try to do my planning and research and figure everything out as best that I can, but if I have to take a step back, then it's fine and I'll do that. I've even had to do that to the point where I've already filmed a video like one of these and as I start editing it, I delete the whole thing and I go back and film it again because I just didn't feel like I got my point across. Maybe I was too scatterbrained and that happens often to me in videos like this. So don't beat yourself up if you have to step backwards. The third is to actually read. I do a ton of reading these days. I never used to. I was not a reader when I was a kid. I did not enjoy it. But as an adult, I love reading and I've utilized reading in a different way over the last several years because I've realized that I was always reading looking for a silver bullet to fix my life. I'd see a new book, Ooh, awesome. That one's going to fix my problem. Change your brain, change your life. Great book, but it wasn't a silver bullet for me, but there were some cool concepts in it. And that's the thing is that a lot of books are going to have some interesting concepts. So whether or not you read or listen to a book, which a lot of times I'm listening to books, um, listening to them, I take time to actually listen in a way where I can take notes. One of the cool things these days with technology is I can have my phone, I'm listening to an audiobook, I can use a simple app and just dictate my thoughts or notes into that uh, particular app and go back and check them out later. If you're reading on a Kindle, you can highlight and go back and check all your highlights. There's so many different ways that you can keep tabs on all of your thoughts. Um, so reading or listening to books on even the topic of self-discipline or real stories uh, written about somebody else's life who had to like stick to it and make it happen. A lot of those like startup business stories are really interesting to me because I'm reinforcing myself with stories and information that have to do with self-discipline and it makes it much easier for me to become more self-disciplined when those are the stories that I'm reinforcing myself with. So I listen to a lot of those whether I'm at the gym or I'm going on a walk or maybe while I'm eating lunch or something like that. A couple of books that stand out to me are Resilience, Atomic Habits, Can't Hurt Me, Extreme Ownership, and The Long Run. And I'll make sure to link to all those down below. Each one of those spoke to me in a different way about self-discipline, and they are very, very important books that taught me something specific. And, and maybe I will go into that more specifically in a blog post or another video. Definitely, if that's something that interests you guys, let me know down in the comment section below. You also need to find disciplined people to surround yourself with. I talked about earlier having people that were very agreeable in my life, that were totally cool with all of my excuses, and were totally cool uh, giving me their excuses. Um, you know, my grandmother used to say, if you want to become a doctor, hang out with doctors. You know, if you want to become a doctor, you can't hang out with the people that are unmotivated because that takes a lot of work. If I want to be self-disciplined, I need to surround myself with other self-disciplined people who are working hard, who don't put up with excuses, who are moving forward towards something. 
So I didn't listen to her most of my life, obviously, because I surrounded myself with, uh, with people that were not very disciplined. And I've changed that throughout the years in my life. Um, I am working on building relationships, but that is harder as an adult than it was as a kid. It's not like, hey, do you want to go kick a ball or play some basketball together? It's now like trying to find people that are actually driven and have the, ty- the same type of self-discipline that I'm looking for so that I can surround myself with those kind of people and have that kind of experience in my life. Um, but for now, I also augment that by not only following people that are that way on social media, but listening to podcasts as well, such as The Tim Ferriss Show, Smart Passive Income, uh, London Real, Matt Diavella's YouTube channel, and I've, I could probably, the list can go on. I'll definitely make sure to list to all of those resources down in the description below as well. Those are great voices and people that are talking, either talking about themselves or interviewing people who have great self-discipline, who are working towards making things better in a specific way, either for themselves or for other people. And having that uh, kind of those voices ringing in my head throughout the day help me become a more self-disciplined person. So uh, I talked about my daily logging Keeping that daily log or journal is super important to track your mood, behavior, and even when you become distracted. I need to track and be aware and help myself become more aware of those times when I become distracted. The opposite of self-discipline is distraction, and so I get distracted really easy, and so I want to make sure that I account for that. If I get off of topic and I'm not working on something because maybe I went down some rabbit hole and ended up watching 10 YouTube videos... Like I need to log that and track that and own that that just happened. And I need to be able to look back on that. And so I actually keep track of the amount of time that I was distracted. And sometimes it's kind of a round number. It's not something that I have an exact number because sometimes I wasn't looking at the clock when I started to become distracted. But I try to guess and put down an amount of minutes that I was distracted. And then when I look at that at the end of the day or the end of the week, or even at the end of the month and see how many hours of that month I was distracted, that is motivating to become more self-disciplined, I'll tell you what. So multiple daily check-ins is also really important, and I'm brutally honest about myself in those, and you need to be brutally honest as well. When you do your check-ins, you need to tell yourself in those check-ins, I'll write a couple of sentences out you know, uh, maybe about why I went down some rabbit hole, like, oh, I was working on this. And then I had this thought, which led me to that. And then I was buying a domain name for a whole nother project. And so I, how did I get to there? I want to write that down because I need to, at the very least, rethink it. I need to look at what happened and I need, I got a distraction right there. My watch, I don't know why it just vibrated on me, but, um, I need to look at the distractions and I need to look at the different things that are happening in my life and at least reprocess them once down into my daily log. And then I can, of course, go back and look at those things because I'm also keeping track of different ways that I felt my effectiveness. So was I not very effective that day? Was I very effective? Was I super effective? Did I feel calm? Did I feel agitated? Was I uh, appreciative of something? Like what are the different feelings that I had? And I have those. And so I can sort by those feelings in my daily log because they're like kind of tags. And then I can go and read my entries, my like journal entries and see like, well, okay, why did I feel really appreciative that day? Like Did my day start off different or did something happen during the day that made me feel appreciative or happy? And so I could start to figure out 
what are those triggers that make me feel more happy or more appreciative? And I can uh, figure out more ways to have more of those happen in my life. And uh, a lot of times, you know, people online, they're like, just put it out there and it'll come to you. And that's not the truth at all. You have to go out there and make it happen and then it will come back to you as well. So you also need to like review what happened that day. At the end of the day, I always do another check-in entry. And so I'll write a few sentences about how I felt throughout the day, how effective I was. Do I feel like I'm going to bed having achieved something today? And so I'll do that at the very end of each day and then also set up my daily log for the next day so that it's ready to go in the morning and I don't have that excuse of the fact that I didn't get it added or set up. And I have a template, very simple template. Use the link down in the description. You can download that template and use it in Evernote. It's extremely easy. I've got instructions on how to do that. And I'll also give you a video in the future on how I utilize that when I was using Evernote and then also now in Notion. So be a giver too, because uh, not many things require as much self-discipline as giving to others, especially doing that in an ongoing way. It's very easy to like give something to somebody once or do something for, you know, an organization or something like that once, feel good for a few minutes and then move on. But if you make it a, a practice that happens weekly or monthly or something like that, that's going to build self-discipline because you're you're a giver, you're identifying with that. Every week you are giving an hour of your time to do this or every month you are giving a couple hours of your time to do that or you're donating to something. So you're like always going and writing a check or uh, you know paying for it online or something like that. You're donating, so you're giving of your money, a resource that you worked hard for and giving that. So being a giver means that you have to have some self-discipline because you know on those months when you don't really feel like you're a very giving person or you wanna keep that money because maybe you have a vacation coming up, it takes some self-discipline to say, no, you know what? I'm going to still give, I'm still going to donate or, you know, give my time and I'm going to figure out how to make that other thing happen still, but I'm not going to take away from the fact that I'm a giver because a giving person is a more self-disciplined person. They just, it just has to be that way. Um, number seven is to have cheat days. You need to have a cheat day just like when you, with your workouts. If you're on a diet or something like that and you're constantly on a diet and you've cut out all the good stuff and you don't cheat every now and then, then the, the cheat day is bound to happen and that cheat day turns into a cheat lifestyle. And before you know it, you're off the wagon you know, back to eating poorly or whatever. So a lot of uh, dietitians or whatever, a lot of like personal trainers will tell you that, you know, that maybe one time a week or one time every other week, you can go and have that giant burger and a milkshake or something like that. What it does is it gives you that taste of the thing that you've been craving or whatever. And it also reminds you of how it feels to eat that way. Now, burgers taste good. Milkshakes are yummy but you can't make a lifestyle out of those things. So as long as you are giving yourself a cheat day every now and then on your self-discipline, which maybe means saying like, okay, I'm gonna work really hard all week. In the last two hours of Friday, I'm gonna cheat by watching a bunch of YouTube or binge watching some Netflix, or maybe it's taking all day Saturday or the second half of Sunday or whatever, and, and just making that your cheat day. Or, or, you know, whether it's your workout or whether it's with your work or something like that, that way you have that to look forward to. So it's not an, a spilling out of the desire in the moment. You're in the middle of a project, 
you're starting to feel distracted and you go down that rabbit hole of binge watching some Netflix or getting totally off topic because you haven't given yourself the ability to have a little bit of that from time to time. You've been in in production mode for so long. So giving yourself a little bit of a cheat day gives you a little bit of that taste of freedom from being uh, self-disciplined which might be sleeping in, it might be skipping the gym for a day, it might be allowing yourself to scroll social media for a little while, but plan that cheat day so that you can look forward to it and that you can recover from it with self-discipline. And so building that in definitely uh, makes it a lot easier to not just totally fall off the wagon altogether. So after your self-discipline cheat day, you'll definitely be reminded of how glad you are that you have a framework in place and that you have some structure to keep yourself disciplined, like the things that I've talked about prior in this video. Self-discipline is mental work. It is hard work, but if you do it right by tracking and also making sure that you give yourself a little bit of freedom and you don't beat yourself up too hard, you're definitely going to end up becoming a much more self-disciplined person and you're going to have the structure that a self-disciplined person has, as well as the freedoms that a self-disciplined person has in your life if you achieve those things by kind of following this platform or taking it and modifying it to fit your lifestyle and the way that you work and the way that your mind works the best. So let's talk about it down in the comment section below, and I hope to see you back here soon in the next video. Make sure to subscribe so that we can stay connected. We'll see you later. Take care.